It is a Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, America. Exit 72. You're looking for a car, truck, SUV, maybe a pre-owned vehicle. They're all there on the lot. Great selection, great service after the sale. You can feel very comfortable at any uh, about any purchase at the Seth Wadley Auto Group because they have that great guarantee of oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, signing day is tomorrow. Let's kind of reset for those of you who might just be joining us and uh, three names and they're pretty obvious who we're thinking about. If, uh, if you're a Sooner fan out there, it's Peyton Bowen. Five-star safety, Denton Geyer, DeCelia Kana, four-star edge guy out of the state of Utah. And we're talking about uh, interior defensive lineman Marcus Strong as well. The three names to be thinking about for Sooner fans. Uh, And Parker said, to start off the show today, I asked him confidence level on those three guys, and he said nine out of ten on Peyton Bowen, eight out of ten on DeCelia Kana, and seven out of ten on Marcus Strong, on uh, their percentage chances of signing with the Sooners and being in the class officially to my row. Uh, any other comments on that trio? So if the Sooners sign that trio, and obviously you feel like there is a pretty good chance that's going to happen, if they sign that trio, where do you think Oklahoma will be sitting in the rankings? Well, I would imagine they'll be sitting in the top five, depending on what else happens across the country Tomorrow, I do think with the addition of two top 100 guys in Akana and Bowen, and specifically adding Bowen, that's a top 15 player nationally. That's the type of guy that's going to send those, uh, send that composite score shooting way up. And that so, would be, yeah, th- three five stars with Jackson Arnold, PJ Adabare, and if they get Bowen, that's a third five star guy. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll reiterate this I get the sense that OU's not going to be 100% done in this cycle after tomorrow if they get Bowen they get Akana they get strong you're sitting at 26 commitments wouldn't shock me to see the Sooners take another player or two between now and February you're talking high school player portal player well high school players yes because there's they're obviously going to take several portal guys but for instance as you've seen with Trace Ford right there may arise a situation like that where you're feeling really really good about your chance to land X player, and then all of a sudden another school comes along and overpays for X player. There may be holes left on this roster that the Sooners see fit to fill with a couple additional guys that remain unsigned until February, whether that means going and pursuing a flip late in the cycle or whether that means uh, trying to identify a late riser, the likes of a Taylor Wine or a Kendall Dolby, for instance that the Sooners managed to sign late in the cycle here. Marcus Strong is another guy that fits that bill perfectly. Speaking of uh, Trace Ford, we learned yesterday that Mason Cobb is going to play at SC. Dorian Singer, the uh, wide receiver, Arizona, right, for Singer? Was it Arizona for Dorian Singer? It was Arizona. He played this past year, yes. Yeah, and he's going to Southern Cal. So a lot of people automatically assume, well, Mason Cobb's going to USC. Trace Ford just visited as well. Trace Ford's going to be following Mason Cobb and go to play at USC. And you think that is going to be the case now? That Trace Ford I do. winds up at Southern Cal. I would project Trace Ford to USC unless something mm. changes substantially. That would have been a great and get again, for people, Oklahoma. Things change in recruiting. This is just something that y'all are going to have to be prepared for. And tomorrow's going to be a wild day. Oklahoma should be immune from a lot of the chaos, but 
If you're wanting to follow recruiting and you're wanting to stay up to date, you're always going to have to have it embedded in the back of your mind that chaos can occur at any time, especially at this point in the cycle. You get this close to National Signing Day, things get hairy. Okay, I, I talked about this because, well, I, I come up with bizarre theories, but maybe Trace Ford, you know, because there was some buzz about Oklahoma, and I said, man, you know, that's going to be a tough decision for him. Might be a great you know, spot for him to come play. They need help there, obviously, the Sooners do. But, man, the OSU fan base, he ends up at Oklahoma. He's going to be like uh, Lincoln Riley Jr., you know, not to the extent that Muleshoe is what he is to Oklahoma fans, but OSU fans don't want to see a guy that's made a lot of plays for them end up at Oklahoma through the portal. What about the fact maybe if I'm Trace Ford and you want to troll the OU fan base, I, you know what I do? I hint, hey, maybe I'm going to Oklahoma. Maybe I'll wind up in Crimson and Cream, and then I sign with Muleshoe. That is how you troll yeah, a fan base. That's a pretty effective troll right there. That is how you ensure that you become the most hated man in Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. The I, most hated player in Norman, Oklahoma. Muleshoe will always be the most hated yeah. man. So, but I'm saying, do you think there's any chance that Trace Ford did that? Personally, I don't. No. no but, no, no, no. I mean, I that's think he's too good of a kid from what I hear to do that. But, um, that would be a way to, you know, if you really wanted to be an Oklahoma State Cowboy and troll the OU fan base, you know, if you leave in the portal, act like you're going to OU and then sign with Lincoln Riley. That's about as good trolling as you can do. All right. Is there any chance that Peyton Bowen doesn't sign with anyone tomorrow from the 405? He's enrolling early. So if he doesn't sign with anyone tomorrow, I, like, I don't know what that means. I expect him to sign with somebody tomorrow just because – this is when it's got to happen if you want to enroll early, which is Peyton Bowen's plan. And I think everybody's just eager to have this over with, so I expect that it would come to a conclusion tomorrow, one way or another. Uh, this listener in the 580 says, People need to understand my daughter in high school can buy a dress for a specific dance and end up putting a different one on two hours before the dance. <laughs> That's recruiting yeah. to a certain extent, man. For the most part, like in 90% of cases – it's very cut and dried, and everything makes sense, and the intel from the get-go is reliable, and you don't got to think twice about it. You think back to these recruitments that we've seen for Oklahoma throughout the course of the 2023 cycle, there was never a question where Jackson Arnold was going. P.J. Atabaro was in that boat. Caden Green, Cade McIntyre, Taylor Wine, obviously Eric McCarty. It was real easy to see that Ashton Sanders was going to end up a sooner at a certain point. Uh, not too long after he received the offer. Uh, Phil Pichotti. I'm trying to think who else. But so many of these guys, it was very evident at a certain point, and in some cases very, very quickly, that OU was going to be the destination. But with some, in the, in the other 10% of cases, man, things get wild, and things can change on a dime. And you start to see a lot of that, particularly today and tomorrow at this point in the cycle, when, on the one hand, there is a lot of money being thrown around behind the scenes, and secondly, you got kids, because they're 17 and 18 years old, Steely, they'll get cold feet. Mm -hmm. yeah. It happens. Yeah, It's one thing to commit to a school. It's an entirely different thing to be staring down that paperwork and realize, oh, this is real. This is legit. This is the decision that I'm about to make to set the, tra the trajectory for the next five years of my life. Uh, just got a text. Any chance that Keon Brown flips to Florida State? He is from Tallahassee. 
Uh, no, he already held his signing day ceremony. Uh, and obviously he's not technically signed, but he held his signing day ceremony, kind of trolled people with an Alabama hat, mm-hmm. but he intends on signing with Oklahoma. Now, Keon Brown was the one who came in and wowed them at camp, right? He was a three-star, I think, at the time, maybe. Yes. And now he's a four-star, and they're like, man, this kid can play. All right, back to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I want no poke on OU's team, period. That hmm. comes from a listener in the 918. Uh, have we heard if Bevel is coming back? Uh, I don't have any reason to believe that Davis Bevel would not be coming back. Uh, can you talk about OU's chances with Dylan Riola, the number one consensus player in the 2024 class? OU has reestablished contact with Dylan Riola. I can tell you that much. You think it's um, Nebraska with the I inside think, track now? I, I think Nebraska has the inside track. I think Muleshoe's going to have a case. Um, no, no. He, Dylan Ryler really liked Georgia as well early in the process. And you know what? Per what I was told as well, there's some there's some love for Steve Sarkeesian there. So Dylan Ryler could end up a multitude of places. I think Nebraska does have the inside track because he's been a lifelong Husker fan. Uh, any word on Malachi Coleman? He's not coming to OU. That's hasn't changed. That isn't going to change. Um yeah, OU and Malachi Coleman have not been a thing since mid-September. Uh, let's see what we got. Bobby and BA asks Parker, "How serious is Texas for Akana?" I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I think Texas is the most viable threat to OU based solely on the fact that Cecilia Akana's best friend goes to UT or is going to UT. Leona LaFowle, three-star linebacker, commit for the Longhorns. Um. He also has a sister that's on the Texas volleyball team that just claimed a national championship a few days ago. So there are some connections there. That said, and it's not often you hear this, but the intel on Akana and Texas from the very beginning, and this is not just coming from me, you will hear Texas insiders say this very same thing. Despite the fact that Texas has continued to push for Akana, Tassili just really hasn't been receptive, not terribly receptive. He took an official visit, but... Uh, most in the industry agree, if not if not everybody in the industry seems to be on the same page, that Oklahoma has the overwhelming odds to land the kid. And regardless of the familial and connection he's, to Texas. That's been a Brent Vittables guy from day one, right? Yep. Brent has taken an interest and, and has led the way in that recruitment, right? Yes. Brent's a pretty good closer when it comes to recruiting, so we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, again uh, tomorrow. Better chance, Bowen to Notre Dame or Trace Ford to OU? Uh, Gun to my head, Trace Ford to OU. Uh, KJ says, looks like OU offered Kale Fugate from Bixby. They did indeed. That's a PWO offer. But uh, they're kind of trying to build the uh, PWO pipeline to Bixby, I guess. That's a good pipeline to build, man. I tell you what. Productive one. It's so impressive. What's most impressive about that Bixby football team is, for the most part, that's a program that's built with a bunch of PWO caliber guys. Like outside of Luke and Dylan has, tell me who on that Bixby team is a stud P5 prospect. There aren't any, but they're really good. Yeah. And they run roughshod over everybody because they're so well coached, so fundamentally sound, and so efficient on both sides of the football. So the more Bixby guys you can get to Norman, the better off your program's going to be. Laura Montgomery does an unbelievable job there. There's no doubt. All right, 405-651-3439. Quick break right here. Thanks for being with us, Steel Man and Thune, Tuesday edition. 
The cold weather's coming in Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be, like, ridiculously cold. I, I don't know if the old man can take it. I'll see. By the way, tomorrow I'm going to be out at Balfour on Campus Corner. Looking forward to seeing Jerry and the crew there. I'm going to do some Sooner Christmas shopping right there at Balfour. That's the only place you need to be. Balfour to get all your Sooner gifts taken care of. And that's what I'll do tomorrow. Everybody, coming right back. Keep it here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. We are back. Good to have you with us. Sooners are getting ready for their bowl matchup, the Cheez-It Bowl matchup with Florida State, Oklahoma, all-time against the Knolls, 6-1. And And we'll see if the Sooners, again, their last national title came against uh, Florida State in that 13-2 victory. Bob Stoops' second season when they got it done against Bobby Bowden and company. But this Oklahoma team is an eight-and-a-half-point underdog to Florida State. And the Sooners, again, are going to be without a lot of guys. Eric Gray, Wanya Morris. Uh, Anton Harrison, Jalen Redman, a lot of uh, frontline players not playing for Oklahoma. That means it's a chance for some other guys to step up. And Javante Barnes is one of the guys that is going to be filling that role with Eric Gray uh, moving on. And let's hear what Javante Barnes had to say to the media. Last night uh, says, yeah, he's he's ready to play against Florida State and trying to step into that new role. Um, it's been very exciting. Um... I come, I come to practice every day looking forward to learn something new. Um, obviously, it's a new step. Um, I have a bigger role this game, but I feel like DeMarco Murray, Eric Gray, and Marcus Major, and all my other running back teammates, they helped help me build confidence um, to, to step up to this role. And I feel like all season, this is what I've been building my confidence for and uh, getting the role I, I've been playing all season. So I, I feel like we're ready, and as a running back group, we've been doing great. There you go. You've been uh, big on Javante Barnes uh, the minute uh, he signed, even before uh, last year's signing day. You you really like Javante Barnes, and he's been good when he's been in there, but Eric Gray had a spectacular season, you know, so maybe he didn't get quite as many carries as we thought, but you can tell that Javante Barnes has that it factor. He's got a chance to be a really great running back at Oklahoma. I'll tell you what, about the only guy I've been more bullish on than Javante Barnes was Caleb Williams. Uh, I don't claim to be a smart man, but Caleb sure made me look like one. I'm hoping Javante does the exact same because he's going to get the chance to make his first start in this game. We've seen him get substantial work on a couple occasions looking back at the 2022 regular season, and he stewarded those opportunities well. You think back to the TCU game, he was really the lone bright spot that day. Broke the 100-yard barrier, I believe, for the only time uh, in that 2022 campaign to date. But now with Eric Gray out the window, Barnes is your bell cow, man, and you'll see some Gavin Sawchuck, no doubt, which I think a lot of folks are excited about, but it's going to be the Javante Barnes show primarily in the backfield. By the way, what what was the bigger nightmare game? Was it TCU or Texas for you? It it it, 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 it was Texas, Steely. I don't know. I mean, because once you saw that Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing, you knew it was going to be a long day. The TCU game was I, – I understand losing to Texas, and thank goodness they didn't hang a half a hundred on OU. But the TCU game to me was, oh, my gosh, this team isn't very good. It was that kind of wake-up call. Like, 
And again, uh, because you felt like TCU could have scored, you know, 70 on Oklahoma that day. And we also didn't know that TCU would become a playoff semifinalist kind of team or that Max Duggan would be runner-up in the Heisman. We knew that, uh, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, a pretty solid football team, but we had no idea. So I don't know, man. Sooner fans, I'm sure you would say on the text line, it's always Texas in that situation. But for me, that was the moment where I kind of thought, oh, man, I'm not sure Oklahoma's very good that day. And, again, you had Dylan Gabriel out of the game, uh, you know, on the uh, Jamoy Hodge hit and everything. I get that, but it just – it was kind of a, uh, a wake-up call that there's a lot more that needs to be done before Oklahoma's going to get back to, uh, you know, being like a playoff uh, national championship contender. All right, um, Parker, I want to ask you a question with signing day tomorrow. Give me the three guys in this recruiting class for Oklahoma that are the most underrated. Ooh. The three most underrated recruits who should be getting a little more attention, you think are going to turn out to be really good players, the three most underrated recruits in this OU class. You're asking me for superlatives here, huh? Yes. Okay. I'll do my best to pick one from the offensive side, one from the defensive side, and then one who has the potential uh, to be a weapon on special teams for the Sooners. I'll try to hit all three phases. Uh, As far as special teams goes, let's just start there because – it doesn't feel like – and it's weird. It's weird that this guy isn't getting talked about a whole heck of a lot, but Jaquay's Petaway, Steely, is the number 66 player in the nation in the 24-7 sports composite. He's the number 11 wide receiver, and he's a dynamo, man. That's and I, a guy, it when feels talk, like we barely talk about the kid, I too, know, right? I know. Why is that? Why do we not talk about Jaquay's Petaway? Plus, he has a cool-sounding name. He does. He does. This is the – this is the type of guy that I, I, I get Levy's offense is different than Mule Shoes, but if you recall back in 2021, there was a guy named Mario Williams that showed up on campus mm-hmm. and had a day one impact in what was a very loaded wide receiver core. I think Petaway has that same potential to get some situational action offensively, but I think he's certainly a guy that's going to factor into the return game right away, and the Sooners have no shortage of guys uh, that can be weapons on special teams, weapons in the return game. Obviously, you have one of the country's best, most reliable punt returners in Marvin Mims. If he's back, he's holding on to those duties. But I think what this year showed you is that you don't want Billy Bowman returning kicks. And it's not because he's not really good at returning kicks because he is really good at returning kicks. But (laughs) losing Billy Bowman to injury on a kick return was what helped sink Oklahoma against Texas. And obviously, Dylan Gabriel's injury had more to do with that than anything else. But when Billy Bowman exited that game against TCU in the first quarter after uh, pulling up limping after a kick return, it was very clear yeah, they just how much of a gap there is between Billy Bowman and every other safety on that OU roster. So you're putting so Petaway as one underrated even though he's a four-star. Yes. I do feel like you're right because we don't talk about him like we should be talking about him. Like I said, he's a top 100 player, uh, maybe because all the attention's, you know, Peyton Bowen or Akana, but he was, uh, he's been in the Sooner class for a long time now, and, uh, you know, I, I like that call. All right, two more underrated players in this class. Okay. Offensively, I would say Cade McIntyre is a criminally underrated prospect, and he's going to play tight end at Oklahoma. 
Uh, he's going to be initially, you would figure, fourth on the pecking order in a room that also features Austin Stogner, Caden Helms, and Jason Llewellyn. And it wouldn't totally shock me if McIntyre ends up playing linebacker at some point because uh, he's a guy that certainly has a starter's future at the P5 level on both sides of the football. But, man, he's a guy that just hasn't gotten a ton of exposure because he plays up in small-town Nebraska. I've seen him in person. Uh, he's a He's a kid that just has every tool, every intangible. He's like Eric McCarty in that sense. And I would throw McCarty in that conversation as well. I know I'm kind of cheating there. Um, but McIntyre and McCarty are very much cut from the same cloth. Two of the most competitive football players you will ever witness, and they can do it all on a football field. So those are the two lowest-rated signees in Oklahoma's class, and still I think those are two guys that you can be legitimately excited about and excited for their future. It's also refreshing to know that it looks like Eric McCarty's blowing the recovery timetable out of the water for his knee injury, man. He may be back in time for fall camp there at this go. rate, which would be outstanding. And then de- defensively, there are a lot of there are a lot of guys to choose from here because I think even with as highly regarded as guys like Peach Adabare and Samuel Masigo are there are also guys like Kendall Dolby and like Phil Pichotti that don't get talked about a whole heck of a lot that I think are going to be outstanding defensive players at OU. But I'll go with Taylor Wine. And he's a name that's so new that I don't really feel like OU fans have really had the chance to get acquainted with him. You look at his senior tape, man, you see some shades of Colton Vosick. There's a reason why the Sooners lost Vosick. They made a push for Taylor Wine. It's because those two are similar football players. And I'm not saying Wine is as good as Vosick. I don't believe that, to be clear. I think Vosick is going to have a special career at the University of Texas. But in Wine, you get a guy that was exceedingly productive his senior year down in Nolensville, Tennessee, and has already – like he's on the cusp of four-star territory right now. He's not all that far off from being a four-star after being unranked until like a month ago. Yeah. There you go. All right, we got a break on that note. Uh, make sure we we get to that uh, text from the 901. Interesting question. I want to answer that when we come back. All right, uh, 460, or I'm sorry, 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group for sponsorship of hour number two here on Steelman and Thune. You're with the home of Sooner fans. Keep it right here on the Ref Radio Network. Oh, there's Steely. Here he comes. I was getting worried for a second. I was trying to do a little uh, last-second editing, but I didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. That's all right. All right, 405-651-3439. Tomorrow we've got you covered. we got you covered on National Signing Day. Parker is going to be – are you going to be in Nebraska or on your way to Nebraska? At that I will time? be on my way to Nebraska tonight. Tonight. So, so Cade so be- McIntyre – is signing his NLI with Oklahoma tomorrow morning at 7.45 a.m. So There you go. It's going to be an early wake-up call for me tomorrow to get out to Fremont, and then by the end of the day I'll be down in Kansas City to watch Caden Green put pen to paper for Oklahoma Top 
three or four bands that are on your playlist going to Nebraska? Ooh, that's a good question. So I got to give Teddy Lehman credit here because uh, Teddy and I, whenever we do radio together, which is a few times a year, just depending on how the schedule gets shuffled, vacations, et cetera, uh, Teddy's got me hooked on a band called Porcupine Tree recently. Really? Yes. Hmm. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. Okay. What, what's the genre? <laughs> that's a great question. What is the genre? <laughs> I don't really know. It's it's very diverse musically, and I'm very much into it. So he got me listening to Porcupine Tree a few weeks back. I'll have to check it I've out. Been, yeah, I've been kind of hooked ever since. Uh, obviously, Tom Petty mm-hmm. is the old standby. Probably going to be listening to you some U2 some as well. Um. Gosh, who else? Uh, I always, generally, those road trips to Nebraska, I will listen to American Idiot, the album. Green Day. Yep. All 57 minutes of it. You got to listen to that album in order. It's very important. It's a, it's there, a themed album, yes. There's a narrative. No doubt. Um, I don't know. I think beyond that, that's the, uh, how many, did you ask for three or five? I said three or four. Okay. I think you yeah. covered them. I'll probably listen to you some- You Green I'll, Day, Tom Petty, and Porcupine Tree. Yeah, I'll mix in some uh, Advent music as well. I've got a couple theme albums you need to listen to. Okay. Start to finish. Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Well, y- yeah. You've already done that, though, right? Yes. Okay. Pet Shop, or Pet Shop Boys, the Beach, Beach Boys with Pet <laughs> Sounds. Okay. Pet Sounds- Beach Boys. You will find out that Brian Wilson is the uh, the Mozart of American pop music. You got to listen to him in order, though. No shuffle in order. All right. Everybody's asking on the text line: Does Cade McIntyre's dad have eligibility <laughs> left? I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Cade's dad on social media, but Josh Ma- Josh McIntyre is a ridiculously muscular human being. Really? So he's like a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And <laughs> every time, I, like, I remember there was a thread that went up on the OUinsider.com VIP board. Uh, and it was somebody that had reposted the picture uh, that Cade put on Twitter after Joe John Finley came and did his official visit. And so it's Cade with Joe John Finley, his younger brothers there next to him. Uh, and then you got the McIntyre parents off to the side. <laughs> And everybody's commenting on because he's wearing a tank. Right, yeah. Right, he's got these big, beefy biceps. Everybody's like, oh, boy, he's on some substances. There you go. Now, is he a meathead trainer or is he just a, a good trainer? Because there are, a few, there are a few meathead trainers out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. He doesn't really fall into the meathead Okay, category. good. He's good. a super, super outgoing, friendly guy. There you go. Like so one of the nicest people you were, will ever meet. He's not just he's not just business. He's not just weightlifting. But yeah, he is jacked. And what's interesting is he's only like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, of course, Cade's 6'4". So you look at Cade next to his dad. Hmm, interesting. Like, okay, he's already beat the genetic odds. And if he's got that ability to build muscle in his genetics, that's going to be a special football player. That's pretty crazy. All right. Uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 405-651-3439. Porcupine tree is progressive rock similar to dream theater that's but probably different. yeah that's about what i would categorize it as progressive rock who's the greatest progressive rock band yes rush would you consider i don't consider steely dan really progressive rock maybe it's rush. jazzy rock 
It's Rush. You think Rush is progressive rock? Uh, yeah, I, I think I, so. Yeah, I think you are with kind of the lyrics that Neil Peart uh, wrote were, were different. Yeah, it's hard to top Rush. I liked Yes a lot back in the day, too. Uh, Parker, do yourself a favor and get some chicken from Stroud's in KC. I, I'll try. I want to be on a time crunch because Caden's signing is at 6 and then the OU Insider Signing Day show featuring interviews with at least 9, potentially 10 future Sooners comes your way at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Going to be a long day. It is going to be a long day, but that's what Signing Day is, man. It's a grind. Relief comes on Thursday. So, you are not a drinker, right? No, I am not. Okay. So, I, what do I you like pop? Eggnog. Like, do you pop like an ice cold milk when it's all over or what? <laughs> uh, probably some sparkling cider. Break out the Martinelli's. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. A lot of people probably should be popping open an ice cold milk back, uh, you know. You can make mistakes with alcohol, that's for sure. No yes. doubt about it. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. So DJ Hicks to A&M, you think, is basically a done deal. Yes. yes Are you putting that on the 9 out of 10 scale, too? I would put it on the 9 out of 10 scale. Look, if he signs anywhere else, especially if he signs with Oklahoma, again, it's just as big of a shock as it was on September 28th when he – committed to the Aggies, and it's the biggest signing day win in OU history. Please, no one gets your hopes up about that happening. Yeah. There is an infinitesimal chance that it happens. I mean, it's like you as a kid getting a brand new car, you know, a brand new, like, Mercedes, top-of-the-line Mercedes on your 16th birthday or something. Might happen. Probably not going to happen, though. Probably not. Uh, Ooh, here we go. Jay in Tulsa says, interesting Oklahoma-related Tom Petty fact for Parker. He signed his first record contract at Tulsa's Lindemar Drive-In before recording at Leon Russell's church studio. There you go. Interesting. I did not know that, Jay in Tulsa. Speaking of uh, Tom Petty, the Sooners are taking on the Florida Gators tonight in uh, the Jumpman Invitational in Charlotte. And uh, Tom Petty was was from uh, Gainesville, right? Mm -hmm. That area. Yeah. So they, they love them some Tom Petty there. And the Sooners again, 8.30 on ESPN2. How about the Thunder win last night? SGA, 36 points, game winner uh, at the buzzer. Really good night for Oklahoma City. They play Portland again tomorrow night. What did you think of Baker last night against Green Bay? The Packers win 24-12. Uh, I didn't get to catch all of that game. The the few segments of the game that I did watch, Baker was having a rough time. Running for his That life. offensive line yeah, did not brutal. do him any favors. They lost their starting left tackle in the first play from scrimmage. And they had to shuffle things around. Uh, he did throw one TD, one pick. He was picked off by uh, Rasul Douglas. Uh, 12 of 21 for 111 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. So it just feels like Baker's – there are two things that I see Baker happening with Baker a lot. Running for his life wherever he is and holding on to the football a little bit too long. But he still has one of the great comebacks in the history of the National Football League. And I think, uh, you know, with Sean McVay, we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the year. But maybe he could be the backup there. And then who knows what could happen down the road. Uh, Going back to last segment's conversation about TCU versus Texas as to which was the bigger embarrassment, the more egregious loss. Uh, Somebody from the 214 says it was TCU because going into that game, we thought we'd win. Texas game, we knew what was about to happen. 
Yeah, yeah, there's truth to that. Both of them were equally uh, disappointing, but the TCU game was the first, like, man, Brent's got, you know, a lot more work to do than we thought. Well, and honestly, the reason why the Texas game hurt so much was because it was Texas. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. If you lose 49-0 to Iowa State, like, dang, that sucks. But at least it wasn't Texas. Well, in this case, it was Texas. Uh, the A32 says had to be Texas, plus the coach's game plan against Texas was the worst plan I've ever seen. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I agree, A32. It was. Nailed bad. it. Uh, what else we got here on the text line? Uh, I agree, Steely. I think it's interesting because wasn't Parker asking questions about us not getting backup QBs, more reps in the first three games, and then TCU happens and Davis Bevel clearly didn't give coaches the most confidence. Uh yeah, the whole not getting backup QBs more reps through the first three games, with regard to all of that, there was a whole lot of discourse as to, you know, why aren't they letting Davis Bevel throw more? Why aren't we getting a look at General Booty? At the end of the day, we all knew what was going to happen if there ever came a time when Dylan Gabriel had to miss substantial time. And it was going to severely severely hurt this Oklahoma offense. And it did. But in hindsight, you can't tell me that Davis Bevel getting 10 more in-game throws would have changed anything that happened on October 8th, right? Regardless of Mm. how many reps he'd gotten in non-conference play, the outcome on that day in the Cotton Bowl was not going to be any different. Yeah, and what was crazy, you know, well, when you see highlights, it's always different, but... Uh, you know, when he came in in the bowl game against Michigan State, he's like, man, he looks pretty good. You know, he's 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 got stature about him. He's about six five, and looks like he's got a decent arm. And then he came in the TCU game, was overwhelmed, overwhelmed big time in the Texas game. So, um, uh, here, I, I want and I felt bad that man, he was at the press conference in the Cotton Bowl. I know, and that was <laughs> props to him, man. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I want to address this text because we've gotten a few of this ilk. Why would OU use up a scholarship for a QB who showed us he's clearly not a reliable option to help the team, one who the staff does not trust to complete a forward pass? Look, everybody's on the same page about Davis Bevel, right? I'm not going to sit here and try to talk anybody off the ledge about Davis Bevel being a quarterback that is not OU caliber and that should not be starting at the University of Oklahoma under any circumstances. But what you do have to respect the guy for and you do have to honor him for is his willingness to come to Oklahoma in the first place. Because OU pursued a lot of quarterbacks before they came around to Davis Bevel. And all the quarterbacks that they pursued ended up choosing to go somewhere where they at least had the opportunity to be the starter. Davis Bevel knew he wasn't going to be the starter at Oklahoma. And yet he came to OU anyway. He's only got one year of eligibility left. You're not going to kick him to the curb, especially when he was the one guy that stuck his neck out and took a chance on you and came somewhere where he knew he wasn't going to be the guy. So you're, you're going to honor his scholarship through the 2023 season. You're not going to kick him to the curb. And regardless of how many snaps he gets, regardless of how much time he sees on the field, which re- realistically and reasonably there shouldn't be a juncture in 2023 in which Davis Bevel sees the field. But you have to honor the kid for – coming to a place like Oklahoma where he knew he probably wasn't even going to have the chance to start unless things went way haywire. Mm, yeah. I do believe we may uh, – we'll probably see some booty in the uh, Cheez-It Bowl. 
Oh, what do you think? I mean, it's Orlando. Yeah, it is. It is, unless it's a tight game. Florida State, uh, man, the Sooners feel like uh, they're up against it in this matchup against Florida State in their backyard. Florida State has some momentum. Oklahoma again, no Eric Gray, no Wanya Morris, no Anton Harrison, no Jalen Redman. Could they win? Yeah, they could, but I think there's a chance that we do see some booty. We'll see. Okay, break time right here. Thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72. Great deals there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. We're coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans. And there's no soft sell going on now. It is a hard sell to close out these recruits. Signing day tomorrow. We'll have it covered for you right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Riverwind Casino sponsors our hotline, and Riverwind is big time. We love the folks at Riverwind here. Uh, They've got great promotions happening right now. Get out there, play with your wild card on any of the electronic gaming machines right now. Participate in the 20K Holidays on Us promotion. Uh, Play through December 23rd at midnight, and then they are going to name 10 grand prize winners on uh, Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock. You need not be present to win. They will contact you. You'll have 24 hours to pick up your prize. What's the prize? Well, first of all, get as many points on your wild card as you can before uh, the end of December 23rd, all right? Play on any of the electronic gaming machines. These grand prize bundles they'll give away for the top 10 patrons, $500 gift cards, a lot of cool stuff in there. They are big time. So get out there and play with your wild card, participate, and hopefully be in the top 10 in the 20K Holidays on Us promotion. I will tell you this, New Year's Eve is going to be big time at Riverwind 2. $150,000 in cash, bonus play, and prizes on New Year's Eve at Riverwind. You have the great dining options there, the River Buffet. Uh, you obviously have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. You've got a great food court. Uh, If you want to stay there for New Year's Eve, they've got a big-time hotel right there attached to the casino. Be a great way to bring in the new year at Riverwind Casino and try and win your share of that $150,000 they're giving away in cash, bonus play, and prizes on New Year's Eve at Riverwind. Another reason why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. All right, are we ready? Let's go back to the text line. We, the people of Oklahoma football fandom, want booty. Uh, you might, like I said, uh, you might see some booty in Orlando. We'll see. We'll see. Why Why do you believe that, Steely? Expound upon that a little bit. I don't know. I just think that Florida State might win in cover. In late, you might see some booty. Nick says this is the longest 24 hours of my life. It's Yeah. The next 24 hours are going to be the longest 24 hours of my life. No doubt. Uh, waiting on the Peyton Bowen. The original Genesis lineup would be considered progressive rock. One of the founders. Yes. Very influential. That's when Peter Gabriel was wearing all those crazy costumes back in the day. Just go ahead and Google up some images of Peter Gabriel Genesis. Like, wow. LG Sooner says, talk about awkward. Bob Stoops just finished speaking at the yeah. Leach Memorial. Right after him was Mule Shoe. Yeah, you know, look, they're obviously there to talk about, uh, you know, for uh, Lincoln Riley, I'll call him that in this situation, um, you know, one of his mentors in Mike Leach and Bob Stoops, look, 
I I don't know if there's any ill will there. Obviously, Bob, I think, was a little perturbed at how it went down, like a lot of Sooner fans were. But Bob's a class guy. They're at a situation where they're speaking at a memorial. I, I'm sure it's fine. They're, Bob is not a petty, small-minded person like the guy sitting right here talking right now. Uh, so, yeah, man, that, the whole Mike Leach deal is just so sad, so very sad. So I'm sure they had some conversations. They're getting along fine would be my guess. Don't you think, Parker? I mean, at this point, there's enough water under the bridge, I would think. I would think so, too. I would also think Bob just doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, Parker, any shocker flip picks going OU's way tomorrow, not Bowen? I, I wouldn't hold out hope for it. I would not expect that. Uh, and Look, I did – the nature of a shocker is that people don't expect it, right? So if I tell you it's happening, is it going to be a shocker? No. Um, and I look, the one we've talked about for the longest time has been Peyton Bowen. I'm astonished that it's taken this long and that he's still committed to Notre Dame the day before signing day. But outside of Bowen, I, I really wouldn't bank on any other last-second flips. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. If it does, we'll all be pleasantly surprised together, right? But it's not something I would hold out hope for. Well, we know this. We are going to have it covered for you tomorrow right here on The Ref. Brent is scheduled to speak to the media tomorrow tomorrow at uh, 1030. Uh, we're going to be out and about tomorrow. I will be tomorrow at Balfour on Campus Corner. Great place to get your Sooner Christmas shopping done right there. Balfour, I'm going to be running the credit card there. I can tell you that. I always do. So can't wait to see Jerry and the crew out there, get some Sooner stuff for Christmas. And uh, once again, we will have everything covered for you tomorrow. And if the Sooners, again, if they can get Bowen, Akana, and Marcus Strong down the stretch, Parker, you think that's a top five class? I would think so. Maybe four, but uh, definitely in the top five. That'd be a great way to close it, no doubt. All right, we're out of time. Want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 right there. You're looking for a selection. Selection's hard to come by right now. It's hard to get some of these real quality vehicles in. But they're there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owns, all there. And a great guarantee to back it all up. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. So thanks to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group, and thank you to our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Ring in New Year's at Riverwind. They're going to give away $150,000 in cash, bonus play, and prizes. Locked in, coming up next.